Hey, how you doing? I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson. It is the 7th of December, day 7 of Daniel Ruiz Tyson's Advent Calendar 24 daily podcasts to take you right up to Christmas as I look to see if it is possible for me to ever love Christmas again like I did back in my younger days. I've been contemplating some more why I'm doing this. I know from the outset this search for Christmas is not because every year I find myself getting called a humbug. That's never bothered me. I'm an outsider like my dad before me. If something's not for me, it's not for me. I don't really concern myself too much with what other people think. Christmas is a choice. It shouldn't be forced on people. So it's not that. I'm doing this for myself. I want to see where I stand with Christmas. I'm open to giving Christmas another chance, which is a long way from where I was back in Christmas 99, which proved to be my mum's last Christmas and my last at Mayflower, though I wasn't actually there for Christmas Day 99, and that's kind of the problem with this recollection. I was in my first proper serious relationship back then. We were doing that thing couples do, taking it in turns to do Christmas Day with each other's family, and it so happened, that Christmas being our second together, that we decided to spend it at my late 90s ex-family's house somewhere in the sticks. I don't even know where it was anymore. Classic ex for me, large skull, big family home, parents divorced. Weird, I look back at the line of ex-girlfriends and 90% of them fit the profile. Obviously with flats in London certainly getting much smaller and more expensive, I've had to downsize on both accommodation and the size of girlfriends' heads. I'd spent 23 Christmases at Mayflower. They began with the unwrapped Christmas of 76 and ended in 98, which I struggle to recall. 11 of those final Christmases had been spent in a Z-bed in the front room, 87 to 89 had seen me sharing the marital bed with my dad following the collapse of his and mum's third trial marriage. May 89, I had my first shave. I thought then I can't be sharing a bed with my dad. I'm drinking, I'm having the occasional cigarette, early forays with women. He was a ladies' man. He would have smelt women on me, never mind cigarettes and alcohol. It wasn't an easy arrangement for either of us laying in that bed at night. So I targeted my own bed by the end of 89, arguably the age of enlightenment at Mayflower, as well as the short-lived Ascot water heater that blew up at the end of the first week. September 89 onwards saw the arrival of the VHS recorder. Uh, My Z-bed came to that month, which my dad counted with a 12-foot adjustable cloak rail for us to hang our coats up in the front room. Like the Dutch, he was obsessed with finding a solution to our lack of space. There was our first large colour TV, which I'm saving for later in the series, one of the greatest days of my life. There were duvets too. My dad discovered duvets that winter, possibly at a mistress's house, I'm guessing. I'm not stupid. Uh, The house phone was still a year away. But things were changing at Mayflower. The bedsit was coming into the 80s, just as we were moving into the 90s. My mum wasn't happy about my not spending Christmas 99 at Mayflower. I thought this was harsh after my waking up for 10 consecutive Christmas days with my mum in the front room putting out our presents. She was making it unnecessarily difficult, I felt. And even stranger still, we never had Christmas Day at ours, a legacy of my dad refusing to celebrate Christmas post-81. So we always went to my aunt's on Christmas Day. 
But that year, my mum insisted, we have it at Mayflower. Couples always had to choose, and it just so happened this year, late 90s ex got to spend Christmas with her family and I would be with her. Was I supposed to say no and maybe risk losing her and go into the millennium on my own on a fold-up bed, a third decade on a Z bed? That would be a quiz question for future generations. I really lost my temper that day with my mum. I demanded an answer to what I felt was her being unreasonable. We'll be here next Christmas, I said. I won't be here next Christmas, she replied. This troubled me. Where was she thinking of spending next Christmas? I asked her what she meant by that. She couldn't speak. She was crying. I'd seen my mum cry an awful lot at home. Her life was... It was one of real sadness, but not like this. This was something else, like she had something to tell me. Something she would never tell me. Christmas Eve 99 was a, a terrible night in London. The rain was hellish. I remember this because it was coming through the roofs of two of our rooms at Mayflower. I was on my way to get a train to late 90s X. I couldn't bear to stay a moment longer watching that rain coming through and thinking this is how I was leaving my family that night of all nights. I travelled that night wearing my Christmas present from my mum, a black raincoat with white piping. I wasn't that keen on it, but it would take on huge significance for me. It was the last Christmas present my mum ever got me. Every time I zipped it up, I remembered that. Within 50 days, I'd lost my mum. Underneath her mattress were thousands of pounds in cash to cover the funeral costs. She knew. All along, she knew. That's what she couldn't tell me that day. I'd never owned a suit in my life. I borrowed a pair of black trousers for the funeral and wore my coat on top. My dad took issue with the white pipe in feeling it inappropriate. He'd have been on safer ground pulling me up on the inappropriate, heavily sculpted goatee I was sporting that day. I beat myself up many times over that last Christmas with my mum. Sometimes, when I recollect it, I still get a little angry with my mum for how irrational I thought she was that day. But then I realise she just wanted to spend her last Christmas with me. And I remember how much I love her. I'll make more than a moment to think of her this Christmas. So every day I open a door to my advent calendar. If you're listening to this on iTunes, then visit holdfastnetwork.com where you'll be able to see the pictures I'm posting every day. Today I've come to Morley's in Brixton, scene of one of my fondest uh, Christmas memories back from my earliest uh, days. I think I'm pretty certain I'd have to go back to 77 for this, the end of Jubilee year, a year on from the unwrapped Christmas of 76. I don't think I had enough about me to be going into Christmas that year wondering if that year's Christmas presents were going to be wrapped after the disappointments of the year before. What I remember about this day, it was me, my sister, my cousin, 
My cousin was the oldest. He was five months older than me. Then there's me. Then there's my sister who's a year younger than me. And my mum and my aunt, we all went everywhere together. We had an older cousin, my cousin's brother. He was some years older than us, so he was doing his own thing usually. I was very excited. I'm sure my cousin and my sister were too. Eventually it came to my turn, and I remember sitting on Father Christmas's lap. This was the first time I'd seen Father Christmas, and I remember him asking me what I wanted. I can't remember what I said, but then he told me that he was going to disappear for a bit and he'd be back. Now, there was a letterbox there next to where he was, and I'm assuming this was so that children could post their letters to Father Christmas. I remember Father Christmas disappeared. I took it upon myself to look through the letterbox, and what I saw lives with me uh, 35 years on. Father Christmas was back there, whatever was behind the letterbox. He'd removed his hat. He was completely bald. He'd taken off his beard, and he lit up a cigarette, and then he was talking to a couple of women that I could see. I was crushed. I immediately drew uh, my mum's attention to what I was seeing. She took a peek through the letterbox, I think. Sort of smiling. I was very confused at this stage. I remember asking her what was, uh, what was going on. Father Christmas, I remember, came out. He gave me a packet of uh, small plastic cowboy figurines with horses, which were very big in the 70s. I think I've mentioned this before. So I took these figures, but I just could not stop thinking about what I'd seen. I couldn't stop asking my mum questions. I told my cousin, I told my sister what I'd seen. Whatever my mum told me that day, it was just about enough for me to keep uh, believing in Father Christmas a little while longer. But there was always that little doubt at the back of my head. Let's do this again tomorrow. Daniel Ruiz Tyson's Advent Calendar is a Holdfast Network production. Visit holdfastnetwork.com or download the show on iTunes. For more of Daniel's work, visit 1607westegg.wordpress.com and you can follow him on Twitter at 1607westegg.